Welcome back to Back at Burris, the podcast where current Burris students talk to Burris alumni. I'm your host, Graham Reader, and I'm here with... Jeff Manny's. Welcome. So let's start off with the, the easy question. What year here did you graduate? 1977. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, to jump right into it, do you have any memories of Burris that just stick with you or stick out to you, Some, even if it's a little thing? I love hearing the stories. <sighs> We just don't have time <laughs> because I went here from the fifth grade to the 12th grade. And so there are a bunch of, I think, really memorable moments. Um, the first one that would pop to my mind was I was on the swimming team and we were swimming against somebody, I don't know. And we had one dive to go, but our diver got sick and couldn't do it. So my good friend, Emily Houston, who was in my class, said, I'll do the dive. And she walks by me and she goes, wait till you see this. Because she didn't know how to do the dive. (laughs) And so she walked out on the diving board and somehow slid off into the water and that counted as a dive and we got points. So we didn't have to forfeit. Now that for me was a huge memory that just (laughs) is so fun. Um, Golly, I was in a lot of school musicals, but our senior... A uh, musical was an off-Broadway musical called Little Mary Sunshine. Again, my friend Emily and I were the leads, and it was kind of like Dudley Do-Right and Nell and Canadian Mountie Police. And, you know, we just worked really hard, and the music program was just outstanding with Dr. and Mrs. Wakeland. And um, we had a few shows, but we, we the dress rehearsal was for the student body in the auditorium. And we did it, and we all thought it went pretty well, and the curtain closed, and we opened it up. And the student body just rose to their feet at a standing ovation, and I was like, that is so affirming. Because they didn't have to do that, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, we weren't, like, Broadway material, but <laughs> it, it was an excellent I- experience, and kind of kudos to the music music program. Um, let's see. Um, Driver's Ed, uh, Mr. Gordon, who was the PE teacher, we would go out and, and drive and maneuver. And in my car was, guess, Emily Houston, Gene Marshall, <laughs> and Mark Kirkland, and myself. I still remember that vividly. And so we would do the driving maneuvers all uh, term. And then we didn't have to take the driving test. We just had to go in and do the written test, not the oh. actual driving. So that was very cool. Oh, why don't they still do that here? I, I know. I... It, was, it was good. So I've never taken a driving maneuvering test. Um, I would say a huge memory for me was the, f- the first time that I can remember that the Muncie School Board, uh, maybe Ball State, was involved in the closing of Burris. They had all reason, you know why. And the, the president of the school board, who, who was Jack Peckinpah at the time, who was a wonderful man, and my dad worked for him. And my dad was the voice of Ball State and all the high school sports on the radio and TV. So Burris contracted with my dad to be the voice of Save Burris. So my dad was saving Burris, Jack was closing Burris, and they were in the same office. So that that created some tension, although Jack understood. My mom worked here, my sister and myself went here. Um, Golly, that must have been 75, maybe? 
But it was a big community brouhaha because what they wanted to do is close Burris and open a new high school, Northside, which didn't exist, so that the people on the other side of Northside would have a a school to go to and not have to go downtown, as I remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was fun, going home and hearing Dad talk about, you know, that kind of stuff. But but they saved Burris, so that was really really good yeah and i'm glad absolutely one of the other uh, visceral memories that i have because before we came up here we were down in the auditorium where i spent quite a bit of time but before i don't know if it was every basketball game but i think like big basketball games sectionals that kind of stuff the entire student body as i remember it k through 12 would cram into the auditorium main floor balcony and the cheerleaders would come out and do all cheers and the band was there and then the basketball team would come out and everybody was just screaming and stomping their feet to a basketball team that we know was no good (laughs) they were wonderful they were wonderful young men and they tried their hardest but burris just was never known for their basketball um winning days um but but those pep rallies were amazing just amazing school spirit that we knew the senior players on the team we knew the freshman people on the the team we knew the coaches because they worked here um they would give speeches everybody screaming and yelling stomping their feet and I, i guess the the school spirit for me is very visceral um I don't know if this qualifies for a different memory, but it's something, I mean, I'm just a huge Burris fan, always. I have been dyed in the blue and gold wool um, because it was so meaningful for me. But when people ask me today, you know, what did Burris do for you? What did Burris mean? You know, what did it, how did it impact your life? And I would say from the fifth grade on, we were taught not to accept anything at face value, but to, but to question it and to critically think about an issue or a thought or a program or a historical person or, you know, so that we could banter back and forth and, and develop creative, critical thinking, whether it was in the art department or the science or social studies. They all taught the same kind of critical thinking. And I truly believe that that philosophy impacted me so much that it has, is kind of at the foundation of who I am as an adult today. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I, would, I, I would agree with a lot of that, that spirit of critical thinking and different ways of learning still sits very firmly at Burris. Uh, we've, I think in the last two years, middle school has been completely revamped. Uh, they don't have grades anymore. They have a lot of hmm. um, unique classes. Like, um, I think there's like a clothes making class. There's photography. There's like learning to survive in the wild. Like, or th- plenty of cool classes. Like you saw down there, there was a karaoke option. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Uh, these kids get to decide what they want to learn and not have to worry too much about grades until they get to high school. It was so inclusive here um, 
boys had to take home ec with the girls and girls had to take industrial arts uh, woodworking and stuff with the boys. That's a class I wish we still had. You know, so I can sew a button. I can cook um, because of that. Um, so I th- that openness. I also, th- um, Graham, I think there probably were six teachers here who had children here. And so it was very common to have kids whose parents worked here, but it was also very common to have, I think, a pretty rich diversity of, of cultures because people would, you know, professors' kids would come here, kids would come from other areas of the, the city because of the way that Burris was structured and um, how, how we learned. So it was an option. So I, I think that was a really rich tradition at least up until 77. I don't know anything uh, <laughs> beyond that. I mean, my mom was a teacher here for 27 years, but um, I don't know that we talked about cultural diversity a whole lot. You know? Well, there are still a lot of teachers here who have kids going. Like, um, I think it's the first or second grade teacher, uh, Mrs. Hahn, has a has a kid in my grade, which was really fun when I think, because we have our, our uh, Mr. Canada, who also has kids in the school, uh, he will do things with his classes where we will teach certain subjects when it comes to economics or government to the younger kids in classes like fourth grade or third grade. Mm. Um, and some of those teachers get to see their kids teach their students. Um, I think that's such a unique opportunity, especially because, I mean, my my dad's a professor on campus. He's not here, but um, still being able to, like, be in the same kind of vicinity because we're technically on Ball State campus mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, uh, as him and having like, well, to completely change the subject, having the freedom to go anywhere we want during lunch is really cool. Um, cut back to the topic. Well, now, hang on a second because it was very common for kids to cut school, cut class, not at lunch, but cut a class and go over to the student center to the tally ho to get something to eat or whatever. And when I did it, Ten minutes after I walked out of the building, my mother, who taught seventh and eighth grade, knew <laughs> that I had skipped class. And she would ask me, oh, how was lunch? I said, oh, it was fine. She said, well, I hate you because you didn't invite me. <laughs> All right. Next time. Okay, go back. Yeah, no, it's just the the way that Burris, the students and teachers, like it all works. It's very unique because I, I went to Yorktown for half a year. Aww. Um I did not like it. <laughs> I grew up in a, I, I went to a small school uh, back in Chicago, which was starting to learn to lean its way towards the more open, critical thinking way of mm-hmm. learning. So that's what I was used to. Uh, and then I came to Yorktown when I mo- first moved here. Uh, and I hated it because it was textbook. It was um, do this, read this, turn this in, mm-hmm. busy work. And I hated it. And I came here. And there was way less of that. And I know your parents, and you would have died in Yorktown. I would have died in Yorktown. Yeah, they are very creative, forward-thinking um, people. And yeah. Yorktown doesn't have an orchestra. You like, need room to bloom and and grow and figure out who you are and not be fit into a box. So. Oh God, yeah, Yorktown was not the place for me. And Burris really provides students those opportunities to like, because it's a smaller school. You know mm-hmm. everyone. There are a lot of unique opportunities. Like you can even apply to take Ball State classes. Yeah. 
Um, how, many, how many kids are in your class? I have maybe 50. All right. I graduated with 63. Yeah. <laughs> that has not changed much then. Yeah. Um, uh, lucky for us, honestly, my uh, old orchestra teacher, uh, his son graduated with a class of 200. Uh, the band and orchestra were in 200 pain. kids in his 200 class? 200 kids. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. And with the orchestra, we only have to play Pomp and Circumstance maybe once. Wow. That's... <laughs> Wow, I had no idea. That's huge. Yeah, just to provide a little bit of a scale here, because I think even Yorktown has a class of 80, 90? 200, when I was in school, would be half of the high school population. <laughs> Not even, more, more than half. Oh, That's the, if we're talking the entire high school, then it might be more, definitely more than half. Yeah. It's <laughs> well, that's good. Giant schools good are... Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Yorktown doesn't allow things that Burris does. Now, how many, like, what yeah, kind or, of... or any other city school. Exactly. For that matter. Burris and, is so unique. And some kids thrive in that kind of environment, and that's good for them. But yeah. I would not have been one of those. Nope, neither would I. So I'm glad that there was an alternative. But I came here because my mom started teaching here. So lucky me. I came here because I didn't want to go to Yorktown. There you go. <laughs> so um, speaking of unique opportunities, uh, there were a lot of classes that don't exist here anymore. Um, a lot of opportunities because there's some things that have changed between like after the renovations, things changed. So like what unique things did you get to do while you were here? Uh, I'm talking f fifth through 12th, anything. <laughs> um, in the sixth grade, we took two months to study NASA and the moonwalk and all of that kind of stuff. So 69 would have been the f first man on the moon. So 6970 was when we did this. And we spent hours of a day doing this. And we, had, we built a simulation space capsule. We had a, a mission control that had lights on it. And then uh, when we got all of that done, then everybody spent the night in the classroom working to get our capsule to the moon by math and social studies and science and all the stuff that would be required to send someone to the moon. That was very unique. That That is extremely unique. Yeah. I <laughs> never heard of anything like that before. In uh, my senior year, we everyone had to do an independent study. And I, I may have had a quarter off to do that. Or maybe it was half a day or... I don't know. It just seemed like an awful lot of time away from school. <laughs> and for some misguided reason, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And my uncle in Lafayette... It was a lawyer. So I went and spent a lot of time with him watching what he does. And um, that was my independent study. Not all schools would give their kids the, uh, I think we had to write a report about it. And yeah. Had well, a sponsor. That's something that's been brought back this year. Oh. Um, it wasn't last year, uh, but we have to do an independent study or an internship. So there are people that are um, going to do work at like, their local church or my friends are going to like they're building sets and stuff at Muncie Civic for their internship. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very like unique and tailored experience. I know another person who's like drawing and documenting like um, 
uh, bugs, like very detailed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very, it's very cool with the, uh, the freedom we've been given with this one because it's, uh, it's it just allows you to do a project which you might actually be excited to do, um, something you'd actually want to work on. Um, and yes, there's a presentation at the end of the year. We have to show what we've done, uh, but it's up to us to time manage. It's up to us mm-hmm. to um, figure out our topic, what we're gonna do, span that out, and if we're working with other people, figuring out when to work with it. It's, I think it's really cool. <laughs> and I think Burris is known for developing independent thinkers. You don't. We don't have to be told what to do and when to do it. We develop that from a very early age. Yeah. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Other unique things. Um, we had an hour and a half for lunch. <laughs> so I would walk up to my mom's room. We'd walk down, drive four minutes home and have lunch and just hang out for a while because it was an hour and a half. It was it was great. Dang, they really, re- they really reduced our lunch by 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think... Being involved in Burris sports was unique because it taught you how to certainly uh, win graciously, but boy, you had to learn how to lose really well <laughs> because we're just too small. Yeah, we don't have like a big pool to choose from, yeah. like Central or Delta. Correct. So in my era, tennis was strong volleyball was just becoming strong um cross country and track were always strong it was the smaller more individual sports that were good um so i think that gave us kind of a perspective that we all don't get blue ribbons for participating you know you're going to lose you're going to win and growing up it's just going to be a full of that and i i think Sports at Burris, in particular, taught me yeah. how, to, how to adjust and deal with that. I mean, our small class is the whole reason we don't have a football team and why we uh, use basketball for homecoming. <laughs> well, and everybody had, almost everybody had to play a sport. And many people had to play two and three sports. You know, I, I played tennis my freshman and sophomore year. I was pressed into like doing track because it would be good for your tennis and I hated it <laughs> and then I swam for two years um, but then that was just taking too much time away from my mm-hmm. tennis but everybody has to kind of do their part and if you're not an athlete then you're going to be a part of you know the the clubs that we had that were so varied you know the school newspaper or the yearbook or the cultural clubs or I, I don't know. There was a many, many of those kind of after-school clubs, and so everybody kind of fit in. Yeah, I wish we had a bit more after-school stuff. We don't as much. Like even back when in middle school, we had a little bit more of that, but it dissolved anyways. Like after school, we've got like we've got we just started the broadcasting club for middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. They come in and learn how to do some stuff, uh, so that if they want to, like they can join the class next year and be already prepared. Um, and we have sports, which a lot less people are involved in than it used to be. Um, but we're trying to 
uh, like we said, we're trying to bring it back in the kind of the spotlight. We're trying to we're live mm-hmm. streaming it. Um, uh, we're posting every day. There's a game like, uh, but when it comes to after school stuff, we don't have much as we used to. Do you still have a student council? Yeah, very loosely. What does um, that mean? Like we plan, like the student council. The student council will plan dances. They'll do their stuff at Harvest Fest, and that's about it. Like we'll choose the theme for homecoming, plan stuff for homecoming, but outside of that, there's really not much. Our ours was had a a, a bigger um, range. Um, we would advise um, the administration on student-related topics, or if they came to us to say, you know, give us feedback about this. Um, one of the things that, that I remember is if you go down the main high school hallway to the very end where the walls meet, there's a room right there. Mm-hmm. There used to be a room right there. And we turned that into a student lounge that had a soda machine, each class would take their turn selling candy during breaks or you know before after school whatever and then that money we would use for something to pay back to the yeah i mean we we do have a student lounge it's downstairs where the second gym used to be um wait but what? there's not two gyms anymore no oh graham come on we've got the one we got the one gym it's pretty much the same as it used to be which which gym the right one or the left one the the oldest one, the boys' gym is what okay. Yes, because there used to be a girls' gym. Yeah, Mrs. Hinkle, no Miss Hinkle, and Miss Morskinny. Those were the two girls, and um, Mr. Dewitt and Mr. Gordon were the the boys' gyms teachers yep. on the the left. So I spent a lot of time on the left. <laughs> Yeah, but there's only the left now. It's, okay. There's a hallway going through now. That's where all the trophy cases are. Um, and where you have a student lounge, which has a bunch of tables, a microwave. It used to be where the vending machines were, and then they moved them upstairs. Um, and then some classes happen in the student lounge, which kind of removes the point. But Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Is it still a wooden floor? In the gym? Yeah. Yeah, okay. The gym is almost exactly the same. We've got all the volleyball banners hanging on the sides. Windows? No. There used to be windows along the the long side and up. Yeah. And they had like cage um, screens. Yeah. On them so you wouldn't break them. Yeah, no, the windows are gone. It's just fluorescently lit. Wow. And they removed the skylights above the stairs, which I'm this is not the first time I've mentioned that in a in an episode. I don't think we had any skylights in my day. Hmm. I remember we, someone saying something about We had multiple. um we had courtyards, two of them. The school is built on a figure eight because mm-hmm. one section was built first and then they added on. So there's a courtyard in each section. And um so you got all natural light into those classrooms. I'm sure people did. There, uh, the pottery kiln was in one. Um, you could look across at another classroom, but those aren't there? Or there's tunnels no, or something? No, um, I don't know if they filled them in or expanded some classrooms out into where they used to be, but they are no longer there. Oh, that makes me so sad. I know. 
A lot of the changes made. That's me probably where all the skeletons are buried. <laughs> all, the, all the Burroughs secrets from all these years. Huh. That's interesting. So, um, just a little bit of an overview. Uh, tell me a little bit about your senior year here, because I feel like that's usually the most memorable at times. I mean, it is memorable um, because you know it's coming to an end and you know how quickly time goes. For some, it was just a four-year stint and others it was a 13-year <laughs> stint that they were lifers, I mean, uh -huh. the entire way. So I think there was a bit of probably melancholy and nostalgia about what we did what happened to whom, you know, just kind of reminiscing about it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really remember, like, if there was a, a huge basketball or a huge sports moment or... Oh, I would say the, the musical that I was in, I remember that because it was a great production and was received very well, so that was my senior year. Um, my senior year, I was on the... PTSA, Parent Teachers Student oh. Association, and I was on I was the student part of that. So I was like on the board. So when we had meetings or stuff, I was up there with to put, you know, students input or concerns mm -hmm. out out there so it wasn't just a parent and a teacher, but the students have to have a voice. Yeah. So that that was memorable. Um you know, I don't, I don't think we did like any senior pranks or you know, like rearranging the library, which Miss Johnson would have, her, her head would have exploded or parking a car in the principal's office. I mean, we didn't do anything like that. And, and there was like no rivalry. There was a rivalry with everyone because we were so small, but we didn't go out and paint somebody's bell or a rock at another school or, you know, something like that. Um, I'm sure other people would come up with a cornucopia of memories, but it was school. Yeah. And, and for me, my senior year, my mom would have me at the tennis club at 4.30 in the morning, and I would work out either by myself or with a, a Ball State varsity player. And then I would come to school at 8 o'clock. We'd get out at 3 or 3.15. I would do whatever I had to do after school, like um, a class meeting or student council or club or whatever. And then by probably 5, I was back at the tennis club or if it was warm weather I'd be at the Woodworth courts which don't exist anymore so my time was taken up a lot by, <laughs> by tennis because that really was my my focus because mm -hmm. I, I just I loved it and um, and I still do and um, so yeah like I don't have after school I remember walking home every now and then because <laughs> my mom had a teacher's meeting or something. But um, I remember graduating and being very, very sad because such a huge chunk of my life had been spent here. 
you know, from 8 to 3.15 every day, Monday through Friday for my fifth grade through my 12th grade. I mean, it was like kind of home. And, and really, that, that's an interesting thing because I think, for the most part, all of the teachers and the administration people kind of made it home. Like it was a safe place. It was a safe place to, to attend. It was a safe place to voice your opinions, whether it was a popular one or not. <laughs> and and I, I appreciate everything that they did. Yeah, uh, the teachers make this, the, yeah, the teachers and administration make this place very special. Like the teachers I've had at, at Yorktown, um, like they didn't know every student by name. They were not as friendly as some of the ones here. Um, but the teachers here know like everybody. Um, and the administration knows everybody. Um, and we'll treat the high schoolers a little more than just like kids. Like I, mm-hmm. I've, I can sit down and have full conversations with some teachers. Um, yeah, this place is special. It, it allows for the making of a community, I think more than other places. Mm-hmm. I agree. So to continue on this uh, little walk, tell me about a little bit about after Burris, like what you did after where Burris led you. Because of Burris, because it was a small school where I knew, I knew everybody, and I wanted to go to that same kind of environment. If I had gone to IU, Purdue, Ohio State, I would have come home after the first few weeks. It would have just eaten me alive. So I went to Wittenberg University in Springfield, Ohio, which had about 2,500 kids. And your professors knew your name, knew where you were from, gave you their, their home number, because we had rotary, rotary dial phones. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the tennis balls were white, the rackets were wooden, tube socks, small shorts, yeah. Um, so having that kind of uh, personal relationship with a professor that would say, you know, if you have uh, questions while you're studying, give me a call. They were very open, come to my office. And I think Burris had an impact in my choosing that particular school and environment. And, um, once I left, I really thought I was going to be a tennis pro my whole life. And my, so I didn't want to go. <laughs> my parents made me go. They said, you have to have a degree. So I went, and I, became, I was a health and PE major because it was interesting, and it didn't require me to take all-nighters like my fraternity brothers. Um, so at, you know, 9 o'clock, I was done. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm glad I did because I got a teaching certificate for K through 12, but I never, never used it. But what I learned it w- was just invaluable because I, I was in both teaching tennis, coaching tennis. I was also in the ministry that was teaching and my goodness, everything I did and I do, I learned at Burris. I learned how to speak to an audience. I had learned how to be articulate. I learned how to write and type and really help people and be sensitive to people who are different than I. Um, so I, I think I, I walked away in 1977 armed with 
a whole lot of tools to grow up and and tackle college. Um, I, I will say that because my mom was a teacher here and I was an athlete, I, I probably got away with a lot more than normal kids. <laughs> um, I probably got Miss Brashear probably passed me in Algebra 2 just because she thought I was a nice kid and my mom worked here. Otherwise, she should have failed me. <laughs> because once they put letters in math equations, I would get like a, a brain freeze, like from a slushie. And I would be sitting on the couch in our living room and I'd be trying to do these things and my brain would just hurt. And I couldn't understand why letters were in there and what it meant and this to this power. To, I would start to cry and I would throw the book down. My mom would come in and she said, honey, don't worry about it. You will never use it. <laughs> and I am a proud 64 year old man to this day on this planet. I have never used algebra and algebra and I broke up in the 10th grade math <laughs> completely. I can add, divide, subtract and multiply. It's all you need. And I, I know how to use a calculator. Yep. Algebra tends to be the subject I can understand more. Mm. Well, uh, thank God for people like you. <laughs> I don't you enjoy say, it. See, my left part of my brain is dead. It is black. It is <laughs> bad. I can't do anything that way. My right brain, pff, music, art, history, uh, culture, all that kind of stuff is just vivid colors. Left brain, dead as a doornail. I think something that may have helped me understand things better is you know the teachers here like i i like the way the math teachers here um uh i like how they teach i like their procedure with helping students um i still don't enjoy math even though i may be decent at it uh geometry and uh, i'm so glad i'm done with that <laughs> <laughs> i hate geometry nothing against the teacher but i just i hated the subject now in all true confessions here Algebra might have been a little bit easier for me had I not had a friend in front of me and a friend to the right of me, and we would write notes, and we would fold them into triangles, and then we could either flip them with our fingers to the person, or we would pass them, and then they would pass it to the other one, and they would write something on it and pass it to the other one, and they would write something, and they'd pass it. So I wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention to, <laughs> to be truly... Well, I didn't like it. I didn't understand it. Why should I pay attention? Exactly. You know? My goodness. Whereas if I was in Pete Carr's art class learning how to throw pottery or paint with oil or, you know, anything, I was just all in because it just, it triggered my, the creative part of my birth. Yeah. I, I think that's something that Burris plays off well and is also fantastic that we have the ability to we'll be able to take some Ball State classes. I did that. Oh, which did you take? I did that. Um, we had a family friend named Warren Vanderhill who taught a, I guess it would be equivalent of a college AP history class. Mm -hmm. And so I took that my my senior year. Just for high school credit. Yeah, I, I, took, didn't, I, didn't, I, I took AP U.S. History as a. I didn't want to screw up, you know, going into college with like a D or a C. Or <laughs> oh God, no. But the the end project, term project, 
was to trace your family back as far as you could go and then write a term paper as how did history, world or U.S. history, evolve your family to the point where you are now. Wars or famines or kings and queens and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know that I got, I may have gotten a C, but it was an incredible, incredible experience because in order to do that term paper, I had to talk to my grandparents. I had a great grandmother who was 97 at the time, so she was able to tell me a lot. My great aunts were able to tell me a lot. And then I spent an enormous amount of time at Bracken Library going through um, microfilm census records, which was endless because you had to kind of hunt for what you thought your family might be. <laughs> but that started it. And then Ancestry.com came on. Yep. And they had a two-week free trial period, and I busted it up. <laughs> I mean, I just, I did so much work, and, and I continue to do it because it is an absolute passion of mine. And I think I've traced back maybe about 1,200 years. You know, I'm just a smidge, a smidge away from Jesus, you know? Um, <laughs> and so what I started two summers ago was writing a book for my own edification on each of the main people, like mom and dads, husbands and wives, starting back 1,200 years ago and writing what I knew about them so it would be in book form. So I, because I'm not real computer at literate, <laughs> so flipping back and forth from page to page to page, I just want it all in one spot. Mm -hmm. And some of my relatives were very, very famous, so there's lots of information on them. And, you know, some crooks and thieves and murderers are s scattered in there. Um, but that all started with Warren Vanderhill's history class, which started with Burris giving me the opportunity to leave the Burris campus and go to Ball State. Yeah. And that, I think, is a, that is a, absolutely a perk for, for going here. Oh, definitely. Um, and as I think this year we had offered a psychology class for a college credit. There was a, oh, there was another class. Oh, um, sophomores. This is a new class. Um, it is a adaptation of English, uh, 103 and 104, uh, that will get you college credit for that class. So you don't have to take it when you go to college. How do you adapt English? Well, it's it's adapted in the way that it's all it's an English class, but it's also used to help plan your senior year okay. for like for the new independent study and stuff. So the first half of it is getting the basic learning, like theory, writing papers. And then the second semester is you'll still write papers, but you start to research and use the skills that you got last semester to find things that you're interested in and dig into that and do projects hmm. on that. And it allows you to find a topic that you l like to talk about or to research to help you figure out something you want to do for your independent study or for your internship. And while that is going to work for a 17 and 18 year old for where they are in their point in life, all right, is good. But having the ability to think and create that idea will germinate 
all through your adulthood where now um, I, I hired a, a, a man who lived in Paris and now lives in Brazil to teach me French over the internet, Zoom or something. Like <laughs> um, but I would never have wanted to do that as a, an 18-year-old, nor yeah. would I even thought of it. But, you know, maybe if someone said, you know, if, if you could speak Spanish or French, you know, you're going to be bilingual when you get out of college. The world's going to open up to you. I don't know that that was a thing in 77. <laughs> you know, now being that culturally aware and intelligent, you graduate bilingual, trilingual out of college. Boy, you are marketable. Yeah. Um, Burris actually uh, in uh, with the Academy, uh, offers a bunch of classes. If you don't go to the Academy, you have to like apply for the Academy classes, mm-hmm. but there's like German, Japanese, I think French is a Burris class now. Cause we finally got a Burris French teacher, a Spanish, um, Chinese. It's, it's, uh, it's very cool. That is. Um, and it allows for a lot more uh, exposure to different, um, cause of course in those classes, you'll learn a little bit about the culture as well. Um, along with the language, but. And I'm going to say, Graham, that in the, the time that I was at Burris, because it became such a part of my DNA, and I, I, I left, and I was gone for 45 years, and I spent 34 years in Cleveland, and I came back and renovated my family home, and I live here now. Mm-hmm. So I retired here, and I love it. But when I am out at a restaurant or something and I see someone with a Burris t-shirt or Burris letter jacket, I don't know them, but I will walk up to them and say, I am so proud that you are a Burris owl <laughs> because I did that and I know what kind of people it, it, um, it produces. So thank you. And thank you for being proud enough to wear it out in the, the community. Now, they probably think I'm just an old freak, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, you know, big Burris Owl fan. Yeah. You never know. There's that sense of pride you feel for your school. Yes. Because even though a lot of high school, you may not enjoy being there at 8 o'clock in the morning or learning math at 8 o'clock in the morning. None of your high school are you appreciated being there at 8 o'clock in the morning. Nope. No. Not at all. (laughs) It was easier when I had orchestra as a first class, I will say, but... um, yeah, there was a year I had math first period, and it was awful. Wake up, go to school, math. I would have been sick every day. <laughs> I, I can't go, Mom. I can't. Yeah, but she's a teacher, so. I would have never flied. No, not at all. Was there anything else you'd like to talk about? Any other uh, memories that popped into your head? You know, as you and I were walking around the school which I thought I was going to walk in and just cry because I had heard how renovated it had become and a lot of things have disappeared. And, and, and that is true. A lot of things have changed. You know, there are walls where there never was and doors where there shouldn't be. And an entire gym is gone. An entire, yeah. But, um, you know, I walk down the main hallway and I can, I can feel the the spirit of all those years and I can walk up the the steps that I walked up two three four times a day they may not be marble anymore but they're still in the same place in the same structure and we walked 
down the, the junior high hallway and the science hallway and then turned left and walked down there. And I could tell you where my mom's office was, where this classroom was, who taught there, blah, 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 blah. So it hasn't changed that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the feel is still there. I do wish some of it still looked like the old before the renovations, but it, it definitely still has that feel, especially in that main hallway there. You know, I wish I still felt like I was 18, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate everything it has gone through, everything I've gone through and how I've changed. So, you know, the school was built in 29? I think it's 28 or 29. Okay. And it has gone through changes, as well it should, and an and evolution. And I may not like the physical evolution, but I can appreciate it because it's still close to my heart. Yeah. I loved it. Still do. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Unless there's anything else you'd like to talk about? Not at all. I am, I am good. All right. Well, this has been Back at Burris. I'm Graham with Jeff. Thank you so much for coming, and I very much enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you.